0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Kell on Earth Revisited, where you will travel with me, Kelly Karg, back through my life and musings as I celebrate the milestone of 100 chapters of the original blog. I have started from the beginning and continue to move through 15 years of observations as I find my voice and my place in the world and reflect on who that person was. So come with me a year after I began this project into part six and celebrate my achievement of longevity and literacy. Part six, chapter one, 10 years later, August 12th, 2013. It started with my world literally being turned upside down. A moment of startling realization that I made a stupid mistake of where to brace myself as the car spun through the air, followed by a dusty, rebooting stillness. Change usually happens this way, a moment of discordance followed by an intake of breath, then silence. Ten years later, and I still remember the details of the event that forever changed me. I'm grateful for this because so much of my life seems to have passed in a blur that I couldn't be bothered to keep in my brain. So kind of me to keep those months of struggle available to my future, at least for a bit longer, since those are months that really matter. This chapter, however, is not about the accident. It is about who I am as a result. I know that I would not have been a bad version of myself if I had never experienced such a sharp change in my life, but I know that I would not look at myself in the same way. So much of personal identity has to do with understanding and taking account of how we as individuals interact with life. Do we shy away from confrontation? Do we jump into the fray to protect another person? Do we curl up in a ball and hate the world for what has been done to us? I can't answer all of those questions about myself with any amount of accuracy, but the last one I I can actually. And that is a gift for which I am truly grateful. When one goes through life, as I did before my 21st year, with little adversity in academics, in making friends, in trusting parents, one can try to answer questions about oneself but have no clue about how one would actually handle challenge. I've seen and experienced amazing fortitude in cases where whole armies would crumble, and I wondered if I would be nothing more than a lone soldier fighting off the breaching of a castle gate? Such strength from people who could not possibly survive another barrage, another test of strength, or faith. And yet they do. Maybe weaker and more pale, but still they have the strength to give an encouraging smile to others. What if I was not such a person? What if I had been given exactly the amount of pain from a loved one's death or a parent's divorce that I could handle, while others fought back wave after wave of misfortune? I still don't really know the value of my own reckoning, but I survived. I came out of an experience weaker and more pale, true, but there I was on the other side. I had a hard couple of months where I felt sorry for myself and racked up debt and almost didn't finish my education, but I did. And as a result, I know what it is to be inspired and grateful and in awe of the human spirit, even as it took a shift on the watch in me. Survivors are my favorite kind of people because I don't ever see them suffering from self-esteem issues. Now, sometimes that means they can turn it into, nar- into narcissism, but in general, I witness people with empathy, forgiveness, and most importantly, a genuine smile, even in regard to themselves. What are issues with body image or public opinion when you've had a brush with something greater than yourself? I find this to be true in my travels as well. One visits countries of poverty and theft and little personal control over one's own life. And shy smiles can still be seen, an effervescent joy, the daily struggle to keep going. Survivors every one. When your life is not your own and you still wake up every day and plod along one foot in front of the other, life still offers more rather than less. 10 years later, And shock i have bad days but i honestly believe if i did not almost have my hand taken for me potentially more then i would have had more bad days than i do my bad days are few and far between and they are filled with doing some of what i really want along with some of what i have to i keep only the people i want around me no time or effort to be spent on people in my life in my, people in my personal life who do not lend to my happiness and where I cannot lend to theirs. I don't date much since I don't know how that process, process makes anyone happy, but I don't feel unhappy that I am not with anyone. I love routine, but only because I shake things up pretty regularly so that when I come back into my space, I am happy to see it again and don't feel trapped by it. 10 years later, I don't know if I would have had the courage to leave the States to begin to write down my thoughts or cut all my hair off. I doubt I would have the friends I have because I was able to appreciate ones I could have potentially lost in my selfishness or inability to keep contact or make the new ones that emulate and reflect my non-typical transitory lifestyle. 10 years later, I think I've made a good start to 60 years later. It is the major catalysts in our lives that force onto us a new perspective of the world and who we are. So as I tell, and have told, every single year of students who pass through my classroom, your life is determined by how you react to experiences beyond your control. Do you respond with bitterness and vitriol, or do you respond with compassion and fortitude? We never think we are strong enough until we suddenly are. Ten years later, and now here we sit to the day, 20 years later, August 12th, 2023, and I agree with what I am saying. I I have a lot here that I can unpack further Um, with this podcast. Perhaps it is an opportunity for me to discuss a little bit more of the actual accident, Um, And while I understand the privilege of the ableism that is in here, I hope that my listeners kind of understand that this isn't, it's meant to shame anybody who can't get up, (laughs) who can't shake themselves out of difficulty or who don't have the chronic health issues uh, that plague them after uh, an accident where they once had health, and now they do not. I am, again, very, very privileged in not only walking away from that accident, um, not that day, but um, how I walk through the world, both literally and figuratively and medically. Because my my body, having, in my opinion, very little to do with me, um, experienced that situation in a pretty miraculous way and I so therefore I don't have a lot of chronic conditions that would make this kind of treacly life is good message unpalatable I'm sure for a lot of people. So I, I, I'd like to start with that to say that this is, it's not meant to be shaming or meant to be, hmm I, I don't also mean to throw that privilege in people's faces because I, I do, I am aware of the privilege of my abilities all the time, uh, nearly daily. I'm uh, And I'm, I've said before, I, I'm very aware of my health. I'm very aware of my, my wealth. Um, as it exists is more than most very aware of my platform just as a as a person with a voice who isn't told to shut up very often at least seriously so uh, um i think this is a good point to after 20 years of being in an accident that did not cause me chronic problems aside from what i will Discuss a little bit, um, you know, age is happening to me, and is happening to the scar tissue, and the bone damage, and the joint damage, and the arthritis that's that's coming. But I've had a long stretch where I don't wake up in pain from my injuries. So that is ten years from when this was written. That is where I. Kind of was coming from, but now in 2023, I appreciate the opportunity that those of us who have a platform or can speak do actually take a minute to preface our comments to say, I acknowledge what this may sound like. I acknowledge where other people's experiences may divert from my own as a result of trauma. and the moment I woke up from this, not in the hospital, uh, and a friend of mine asked me how I was doing or asked the doctor, or I I'm not sure exactly, it's in myth. it's it's it the myth I've heard this part of the story, I don't remember it very distinctly, that the first thing I asked, aside from, is everybody okay? Um, can I use my hand again? Cause I, I looked at it. I'm like, okay, what is, what is my physical situation right now? And I looked at it and I said, can I use it again? So I was able to say that less than an hour after the accident, I was able to I mean, there's so so there's so many aspects that I feel so grateful for, and I know that anybody listening to this knows that about me. That I'm it's not somebody I'm not somebody who means to proselytize about how one can be appreciative and how one should live their lives and how how to fill in the blank to make one's life better and stop being a narcissist and stop being angry and stop being depressed. That is not my message. That's not what I'm here for. I do know that people suffer from chronic pain in a lot of ways that you can't just tell people to stop what they're experiencing. So on that note, my accident changed how I view the world in a lot of ways. and how did how I viewed pain and how I viewed fortitude and how I viewed <laughs> health care. Holy. Whoa, yeah. So many factors that I won't get into here um, affected the luck that occurred for my insurance to pay for my medical bills at the very minimum um, again it's, it's kind of complicated but my medical bills that were over a hundred thousand dollars as a result of several six six surgeries um, an ambulance Uh, Just one. I didn't get an ambulance from Durango to Denver because that, I don't, don't, that wouldn't, it still was unadvised. Like my poor friends were traumatized. I was traumatized. We were all traumatized driving back to Denver A four hour drive. Awful. Anyway. Um, But my insurance and the multiple overlapping insurances were able to pay for, for my care. And so that I hate that that is such a significant portion of of anybody's medical story. That they have to have the money so that they don't die. Or if they don't have the money, then their life is forever altered financially because of their health. I, I, I think it's criminal, personally. I don't think many people honestly would disagree with me, but I, I do think that's just, again, I understand my privilege that I, after those first few months of having to call and beg and say, I was I can't work, I was in an accident. Like I, I had to learn how to, I, first of all, I didn't know if I would keep the hand. Second of all, I had to learn how to type. I had to, like, I was thinking of jobs that I could do that didn't require both hands. Um, but thinking about a job, basically less than a month after a debilitating accident that, uh, for those who aren't aware or haven't seen my right hand, required a significant internal correction, pins, um, pulling of blood vessels that that were retracted basically into my elbow, pulled all the way down. Ooh, probably I should, I'll add trigger warnings to this this episode. It's pretty. I find it fascinating. Sorry, I find it fascinating. I find find biology fascinating, how the human body or bodies can repair themselves with the help of, at least in my case, very talented surgeons and physiotherapists. Um, And had to pull all that back and then had to take muscle from my abdomen and skin from my left thigh to rebuild my forearm <laughs> like what so obviously you know thinking of insurance was not the first thing on my mind i'm pretty sure it was the first thing well not the first obviously my mom was more cognizant of what all of this extremely high-tech care was going to cost though she would obviously never say such a thing but i'm you know a, a, the worry that one feels for a child in having an injury where my friends were not exactly perfectly clear about the state of my injury. So when she saw me for the first time, only later did I realize how traumatic that must have been. Sorry, mom. Um, how, How do we cope with such a massive undertaking of giving a person her hand back and at 10 years later and now 20 years later still daily in awe it's hurting more now I need to be better about my exercises so that um, I can it can still be load-bearing that I can I can pick up things my fine motor skills haven't been great the last couple months do I think I'm deteriorating no I just think I need to exercise more like with everything but it's it's the price that I pay. And it's not been a heavy price in my estimation for I can I can do I can type. I can I can't 10 key very well anymore, but I can type on our on right standard um, US keyboards without looking, pretty quick. I got all that dexterity back. which for a while I'm pretty sure nobody predicted. Nobody would have predicted. So I think the big theme of this post is awe and agency. Um, Telling my students that the world happens to us and that we have a choice in how we meet those happenings. I, 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 Still, 20 years later to this day, it is a conversation I have every year, times five, because I teach five classes. I have this conversation because children, and quite honestly, adults, potentially more, need to hear this message. Like we, we are so, fearful and cognizant of of the world being an unfair place though again anybody who has access to this podcast or technology to listen to a podcast or even people who don't have this kind of technology still have so much privilege and choice in their lives Not everybody has choice. At all. So we think, many of us, those of us who have any inkling of choice, we often get lulled into the idea that we are not infallible, but if we're good people, then the world won't happen to us. And I wish that were true to my students. I wish that were true. They're just children. They don't deserve, no no child, not just mine, deserves the world to happen to them in a way that makes them feel alone or scared or in pain. But it happens. And when it does, all i can wish for all of us is that we have the fortitude in that moment to not lose our humanity to not lose kindness of course (laughs) in those moments kindness is not necessarily the first thing on many of our minds Uh, that's a lot of explicatives in my case um but then the moving after the kindness to self especially those first couple of weeks I finally finally I mean at 21 I finally understood depression on a very very minor scale Um, because I couldn't I couldn't imagine having the confidence to do anything ever again because I was broken I was I was hurt I was disfigured oof that's a word and it's it's a word on so many levels it's a word of it's almost a curse word because if something is wrong with your physically, physicality it's not so much about you maybe but how the world perceives you as being broken whoo I should do a whole nother show on that um and how unfair it is how unfair the idea that something imperfect exists in your body or on your body for people to view or look at or see as wrong or different or, or abhorrent. Like, how, how dare anybody? Because the only thing, ooh, I'm getting teary. The only thing that I can see when I look at my scar now after 20 years is awe. When a person in even like my very minor engagement with disfigurement, wow, this is a result of somebody saving my life. How is that not beautiful? How is somebody who is physically different than the norm or whatever, whatever that means, and the average, whatever that means, somebody who uses a wheelchair, somebody who has a prosthetic or doesn't, somebody who moves through the world, uh, ooh, um, beautiful skin um, pigmentation, dif- um, depigmentation, People who live with albinism, people who are (sighs) who apparently freak people out because what? Because they're different, because the world happened to them, because this is how they they were born. This is how people are created. Why is our first response that this person means us harm? Because that's what it comes down to. You, You find something not pretty, or I don't want to look at it, or I don't want to be around it. Why? Like I, I, and anyway, so that was that vanity aspect is more than just that word vanity. It's more than just, oh, I want to be pretty. I want to be beautiful. I don't want others to see that I'm a villain because that's how a lot of people with, quote, disfigurements are seen, which is, you know, I never totally grasped. And most of us, again, live with that privilege throughout life until that moment, that terrible moment where suddenly, it's not about you feeling empathy. It's about you feeling it yourself and you wish that somebody would be kind to you and not view you the way that you viewed people before. Anyway, (sighs) ableism, ableism, ableism is a terrible thing. So I'm, I'm blathering on a little bit, but, um, to, to kind of close out, just, just, ah, you know, how we all are here and what are we doing to make our time. God, worthy, worthwhile. Mm, I don't like those words. To make our time what we want it to be. Because I'm not recommending that anybody... Like right now, most of the time I spend... Like my job, I am a teacher. I, I collaborate with people. I work with children. I work on my patience all the time. And then I go home and I live by myself. And as I said here, I'm still not dating. My asexuality has come out in the last 10 years where I am not judging myself for that anymore. Others might. Others might say that I should live my life differently, but this is why I'm saying, don't, don't worry about worthiness or worth. How do you want to live? How do you want to be? And hopefully, if and when, I want to say when, when life happens to you and you are still here, oh, so happy that you are. And all we can do is try to fight that bitterness and try to fight blame, even though it's so... When I think about how easy it is for me to blame people who don't understand me or who, this isn't my fault, this isn't my fault, and that panic attack, those panic attacks that I had in the early days of the accident for the first time, feeling so out of control, of course I still feel those. But overall, I'm happy that I'm not a bitter person. I want want to, the person I want to be and not worry about worth but who I am am I happy with my time and my friends and my family and my actions and you know what I am so thank you listeners 10 years then 20 I invite everybody to reflect what were you doing 10 years ago was it an anniversary of some kind? Think about what you've gained from those experiences. Because in my opinion, reflection, obviously, since I'm doing this podcast, reflection is so important to maintain yourself and your awe for the world. Until next time. Thank you so much for joining me here at Kel on Earth Revisited. I hope to see you next time where I will be traveling to Japan and I will be looking around for the first time and actually seeing details. You know how when a civilization just is in technicolor for the first time in your life? Japan, man, they know what's up. I'll see you there.